Thank you for connecting to this podcast from Faith Renewed Outreach Center. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. Anybody bring a Bible to church this morning? <clears throat> All right, take your Bible, turn to Acts 12. Acts 12. All right, we got time to get into the Word for a little bit. Acts 12. I'm bringing a little bit on stage, brother, just a little bit. Thank these sound guys, man. They've been, we had power outage went out uh, here in, in the community and it had actually wiped out all of our settings. And so these guys have been having to rebuild that back. So thank, thank them for their faithfulness and what they do and get in here and try to help get things back in order. So, um, <clears throat> but Acts 12 is where we'll be at today. Just turn there, hold your finger there. Uh, we're going to pray first and then we'll just kind of start kind of just sharing some things today that God's put on our heart, and, um, and I believe he wants to say to us. So, Father, we're just thankful today for your Holy Spirit, and uh, thankful, Lord, for uh, all that's happening in this church. And, uh, Lord, we're just uh, today, God, so, so blessed by what's taking place, God. We just ask that your Holy Spirit will continue to move in our midst, continue to change uh, our hearts and lives today, God, and uh, help us, Lord, continue to be more like you, less like we are right now. And, uh, Father, we're just thankful that we are part, Lord, of the church that's changing the world, God. We give you thanks for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. High five your neighbor, fist bump person on the left, and say, I am 29. <clears throat> I am 29. I am 29. Uh, we are... Um, we're in this series called 29, and uh, if, if you haven't been here yet during this series, just, to, just real quick, what this is, is that uh, this is a study of the book of Acts that uh, we're doing at the church, and uh, we're going through each chapter and just asking the Holy Spirit to kind of illuminate things in our hearts and, and just reveal things and uh, speak to our hearts and lives, and it's called 29 because there's only 28 chapters in the book of Acts, and so we believe this, that we're 29. We're the church, and who uh, the, the 29th chapter who's going to be a part of changing the world and carrying this, this gospel out into the world and showing Jesus to those who need him. So uh, it's just a pretty cool thing, so we're thankful to be a part of that, all that he's doing in that. So um, we, uh, I, mean, I tell you, it's just been some, I don't know, some, just some challenging, challenging stuff that we've been looking at, some encouraging things we've been learning. And, uh, but this is what's beautiful. This is truly is what's beautiful. We're seeing this church hear the word, Go out and do the word, and lives be changed. I mean, it's just that simple. Someone was asking about how did all this begin in our church, kind of what God's doing. And, and I said, they've just been hearing this thing and believing it and not just going out and doing it. And so uh, it's, just, it's, just, it's just a beautiful thing we're seeing. And so, uh, again, some of those things have been challenging. Uh, last week, we were in chapters 10 and 11. And uh, we learned last week that um, in chapters 10 and 11 that uh, good people need Jesus too. Amen? And uh, so uh, everyone, regardless whether you've been good or bad your life and uh, you've made good decisions, bad decisions, in the end, you have to have Christ. And uh, so you can do everything well. But without Jesus, we go to hell. That rhyme, man. I didn't know that's coming, man. I just kind of slid in there, man. You do everything well, and without Jesus, still go to hell. But I mean, just ding. I mean, just. It, but seriously, 
It's true. And I think sometimes, especially here in our Bible Belt, man, hey, Grandma's Christian, so I'm good. I mean, you know, Daddy prays, so I'm good. Listen, you have to make the decision for yourself. Last week, we celebrate five decisions who, uh, who made the choice and decision to follow Christ for themselves. And so if today you haven't made that decision, make it today. This is your day. We also learned last week in chapters 10 and 11 that God's called us to reach out to people that are different than us. And uh, again, they may have different colors of skin, different colors of makeup and design and, and DNA as far as what they do and their social statuses may be different, but the Lord has called the church to go out and show the world His love. So it was strong, man. And we, we dealt with racism and we looked at some of the issues that our world's facing and we looked at the answer and we always point to the answer and it's Jesus. And so the church has to do this, show the world Jesus. And so that's what he's calling us to do. And all of our messages are online. Go back and listen to them. Get God's word in you. And uh, I believe you'll be changed because of it. And today we're going to do this. We're going to pick back up in Acts chapter 12. And I'm going to share a few things that just, again, as we read these chapters, that we feel like God's kind of calling us to kind of pull out and, and, and walk into. So Acts 12, if you got it, we're going to start in verse 1. And I, I'm going to do something today a little bit different. I'm going to read a few verses. I'm going to skip a section, read another verse because it ties the story in together. And then we're going to uh, kind of pull back. So just kind of hang on. You'll keep that open to chapter 12, the entire service. So uh, just hang out there. I'm going to give you some other scriptures. If you're a note taker, write them down, go back, study them later. But we're going to pick up in verse 1. It says this. It says, Now about that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. Then he killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. And now it was during the days of the unleavened bread, so when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after Passover. So just real quick, what's going on here is that he's arrested Peter because of the, the feast, the Passover was going on. He wasn't going, to, uh, wasn't going to murder him at that point, but he was going to do so after Passover. And so uh, we see, again, now just turn your page. If, 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 if Verse 20 picks up on the next page. We're going to pick up verse 20. And I want us to look at what happens with Herod. All right. This dude comes in, he, uh, he's, he kills one of the followers of Jesus. The crowd, man, loves it. They're, they're cheering. They're much like when Jesus got crucified. So many cheered that on. And so we see this. He got pumped up, got his ego blown up because of this. And we see in verse 20 what takes place. Uh, chapter 12, it says this. Now Herod had been angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon, but they came to him with one accord and having made Blastus, the king's personal aide, their friend. They asked for peace because their country was supplied with food by the king's country. So on a set day, Herod, arrayed in royal apparel, sat on his throne and gave an oration to them. And the people kept shouting, the voice of a God and not a man. I mean, they begin to give him this big ego and, and, and just inflate that melon. And this thing started happening. It's just like, oh, man, this is awesome. This, this big, you know, accuser and big person who was bringing deception, destroying the church, man, they were cheering this on. And it says this in verse 23. Then immediately an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give glory to God, and he was eaten by worms and died. <clears throat> That is a bad day. Uh, first thing God put on my heart that we as a church, and it's 29, we have to walk in is this. We've got to learn to do this. 
We have to do this. We have to let God fight our battles. We have to let God fight our battles. Um, it is um, <laughs> one of those things, and I'm not going to ask you how many times you've done this, but just, just in your mind for just a minute, go there. How many times have you tried to fight your own battle? <clears throat> how many times have you risen up? And, and, and this, it's, it's, again, we see this picture here in Scripture of them coming in and them literally uh, persecuting. Once again, we're seeing this take place. We're seeing the death and, again, another martyrdom of one of the saints of God. We see this take place. And then we watch what happens here. We see this in this, in this story. We see here the church, again, being persecuted being arrested, being thrown in prison, being martyred, all of these things, but yet you never see them trying to fight their own battle. And as the church of God, as a church of the truly living God, this is what we have to do. We have to come to the place where we let him fight for us. We have to begin to allow this to take place. But this is, again, it goes against our nature. Well, it goes against mine anyway. All right, I'm, I'm one of those who have to like crucify the flesh daily kind of guys because, again, the flesh wants to rise up so many times and do things and fight our battles. But we see in Scripture here a, a beautiful picture of what 29 looks like in this church. And it goes back even throughout Scripture. We see, I believe, some beautiful, beautiful examples of exactly this. We see in Exodus 14, we see uh, verse 14 that, the, that Moses and the children of Israel, they're here at the Red Sea. And, and you see what happens here. They speak, and, and, and the Lord says this in verse 14. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. One paraphrase says you need to know your role. Shut your role. That was my paraphrase. I wrote it. But, I mean, <clears throat> but, but you have to do this. You have to come to a place to where, again, you don't automatically try to defend yourself all the time. You let him fight your battles for us. And we see this beautiful picture here. And we sung that, man. He split the seas so we could walk right through. He shows up when we do this and we watch what happens. And you see throughout Scripture so many different ways that he fights for us and what our role is. What he's called us to do. What our part is in this thing. And I believe, again, throughout Scripture, start to finish, we see examples. Another beautiful one is this. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20. You don't have to turn there. But and we see in verse 20 another picture here uh, of this happening. Verse 17 of chapter 20. It says this. It says, you will not need to fight in this battle. But position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them, for the Lord is with you. Now, it's almost like if you, if you just read that, you'd almost wonder, if is that contradicting? He said, you ain't got to fight. But then he says, you go out against them. But you see in what happens here, you see what their role is and what they're supposed to do in the fight. You see their position during the battle. You see in verse 21 that this is what they're called to do. It says in verse 21, it says that, And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord, who should praise the beauty of his holiness. And as they went out before the army and were saying, Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. You, I mean, listen to this. And it says that now when they began to sing and to praise the Lord, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. You think Justin's testimony 
was just a fluke? You think Lori's testimony this morning was just a fluke? That they had made a decision to worship and praise God? They made a choice, and they made a decision. Again, they could have stayed home. They could have made the other option, but they did this. They chose to come and praise and worship. And as they did that, he began to fight the battle for them. Now, again, this goes against everything natural within us. We see this constantly. And again, because this is what takes place, the enemy is continually after your praise. Oh, y'all quiet this morning. Y'all didn't give too much. Now you feel bad about God offering you didn't give or because you didn't give. Just let it go. <clears throat> let it go. Just, just, just hang in there. Hang in there. Let it go. They're called to go out and praise. Now, again, that goes against everything that's natural within us. It's, it's, it's amazing. I was, uh, when I was a youth pastor, one of the things that, and Pastor Chris knows this, you, you get in certain little, little things that kind of happens and it starts connecting with your group. Kind of one of the things that kind of, you know, this is, this is connecting with my group, so we're going to do this. One of the things that kind of connected with our group at the time frame I was in youth, youth ministry, one of the things that we did a lot of was we played paintball. It was just one of the things that our group kind of connected with. We did it a couple of times, and they just kind of just gravitated towards it. And so it was literally one of the events that went on our calendar every quarter. Every quarter. And we would go on there, and we would, we would literally we'd put that on the calendar, and they would show up, and it was amazing, man. It was, I mean, this was like serious business. You know what I'm talking about? This is serious business. Come in, man. I was the worst one, man. Camo, head to toe, man, face mask. I mean, and just ready to go because this was serious stuff. And it was amazing, man. Girls were coming. <clears throat> some of them, some of them took it just as serious as the guys. I'm telling you, some, they were like ready to fight, take you out. But it was amazing. I never did this. When we would gather our teams together, I didn't get them and we didn't get our game plan. Now, and, and this is what we're going to do. All right, they, this is their team. This is our team. And we, we never, never did this. Because it doesn't it make sense. We never did this. We never said, all right, when the referee blows the whistle, y'all run out in the middle of the field and start singing. Praise the Lord. His mercy endures forever. We just read it, bro. I mean, this is here. This is, this is it. This is verse 21. Seriously, they were saying, praise the Lord for his mercy. We never did that. You know why? Because it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. It, it, it doesn't make sense when something's happening in your life to still give God praise. It doesn't make sense that when, when all hell seems to be breaking loose for you to come to an altar and lift your hands up or, or to give to Him or, or to give praise and honor because, again, you're in a situation that everything may be kind of just going to the south. And so, man, why would I praise God in this? Because this is what takes place. When we praise Him, He defeats the enemy for us. We let Him fight the battles. And so we see this picture. And this is what takes place. It's every time I would always see this, this was the guys who always ended up on my team when we played paintball and this is what happens in warfare and this is what this is this is literally i believe this god showed me this we have one of two people usually and you're one of these guys you ain't got to raise your hand but you would have the one person when the whistle blows they would get down behind some object and never move they didn't get shot they live longer than the other people, but they never accomplished anything. 
they, they never did anything. And I'm sitting there, would you kill somebody? I mean, do something. Take somebody out. PT, did you see how long I lasted? Yeah, you lasted like an hour and a half because you never moved, dude. You did nothing. I mean, it's so, I mean, it's just frustrating. And so you have that person, and that's what takes place. This is what happens. And some of you can relate to this. The battle begins, and you retreat, and you go hide somewhere in a corner, and you're not getting shot, but you're not doing anything for the kingdom. And so we see this picture. Or you have the other person. Whistle blows. I mean, just, I mean, just running out. Just, I mean, just, I mean, just lost their mind. Just trying to, just trying to see what they can accomplish, man. And listen, they last about three seconds. And it's true. And some of y'all have done that, man. Some of you are a fighter. And some of you are, you are, you are, you are, man, like one of those guys, man, I'm going, I'm all out or nothing, man. So I'm all out, man. And you all out and you go and you last about three seconds. And then we're wondering where you're at next Sunday. That was good. I hit somebody right between the eyes. Just I apologize, man. I apologize. <clears throat> but we do that. But here's what literally, it goes against everything. We let God fight our battles, but you see over and over and over in Scripture where we're called to do certain things. And it never makes sense. It never makes sense. Second Samuel chapter 5, we see one of the greatest warriors of all time, man, was David, man. David did not play. David, he kicked tail. He took names. He, he was serious about what he did. But you watch what happens. Every time he would go into battle, he would always pray and ask God what they should do. You see his picture, and it's beautiful. And it's just amazing some of the things that God told him. I mean, it was just so wild. 2 Samuel 5, 24 says this. It says that, and it shall be, he's getting, his, he's getting his instructions. And it shall be that when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the mulberry trees, then you shall advance quickly, for then the Lord will go out before you to strike the camp of the Philistines. Makes no sense. It, it, it makes no sense. And, and can you imagine for just a moment the new guy on the team? I mean, he's pumped up. He's heard the stories about David. He's heard about the warfare and the, the things that this guy can do. And then he gets in there, and he gets in there in his moment. He's spending time. He's, like, getting fired up, man. He's ready. He gets his weapon in place. He's ready to go out and do this. And then he starts hearing the instructions that when they start hearing people running on top of trees... Then we're going to go out and then we're going to fight. It makes no sense. Listen to me. It makes no sense for us to worship and praise God when the things aren't well. It makes no sense to, to when we're not making a lot of money, like, like Mr. Phil said, to start giving. But watch, listen, when you walk in obedience and you just trust, listen, he fights for you. One of the scriptures he read was this, that God will rebuke the devourer for us and our finances when we give. It's beautiful. And this is what we do. So many times we do this. You'll call me or email me. Pastor, I want you to agree with me, man, that we're going to rebuke the enemy off our finances. And I'll, I'll pray with you, but listen, you know what the Word says? Give. And he rebukes. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I mean, I, I got, I'm pretty close with him, man, but I'd rather him speak for you than me speak for you on your behalf. 
And this is how it works. We just give to him. And so, again, we see these pictures, and he fights the battle for us. And this is a beautiful thing. Throughout Scripture, we see this, that he'll fight for us. And we see, turn back to verse 5, chapter 12. We see the next point here that is, again, beautiful that God does. He says this. He says, verse 5, that Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. Hmm. And when Herod was about to bring him out that night, Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers, and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison, and he struck Peter on the side, raised him up, saying, Arise quickly, and his chains fell off of his hands. This is wild, man. I mean, it says, then it says that the angel said to him, gird yourself, tie on your sandals. And so he did, and he said to him, put on your garments and follow me. So he went out, followed him, and did not know that was done by, what was done by the angels was real, but he thought he was seeing a vision. But then Peter fat, passed the first and the second guard post. They came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened them to its own accord. And they went out and went down one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. Verse 11 says, And when Peter had come to himself and said, Now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angels, and he has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the Jewish people. The second thing is we've got to do as a church is know this. Listen, he fights for us, and that God will deliver us. God will deliver us. They were singing that song, man, that he delivers us. And so listen, I believe this today. If there's anything that's going on in your life, there's addictions, bondages, listen, I believe God can deliver you today. How do you think, how do you think that we're seeing it? We're experiencing it. We're recipients of it. There's nothing he can't deliver us from, and we're seeing this. But I love some things that are going on in this story. You see right in the middle of prison, Peter still had peace. Right in the middle of this, of literally tied between two soldiers, it says, chained to them, had these chains wrapped around them, and guards on each side. He was laying there asleep. He had peace right in the middle of this thing. Listen, this is what we do. This is a tendency that kind of comes in our minds. Is this once everything, the storm passes, and then everything's crazy, and it's all over with, and now we're chilling out, then we can have peace. Listen, you can have peace right in the middle of the process. You can have peace right in the middle of the process. And so much so, I love what he does here. He is so much at peace that the Scripture says this, that they had to come in and wake him up. And this is even more beautiful. I love this. Well, just get graphic for just a minute. Dude was just laying there in his drawers, man. Read it. Dude, I like this. He's sound asleep. He knows this, what happened to James. The brother James had been, had been martyred. Been t- but he was laying there asleep. Peace right in the middle of the prison. Peace right in the middle of the process. So much so that it says this, that the angel has to come on and smack him on the side. I feel like me trying to get Adam out of bed sometimes. You know, on Sunday morning. Dude, come on, man. Let's go, bro. Get up. They get up. And, 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 you know, you just constantly try, trying to do that. But, but, listen, he was so at peace in this situation. He trusted. He started doing this. He started seeing God deliver him, and he said, man, I believe you can do it again. 
I believe he can do it again. And we see this picture over and over and over through Scripture that every time, listen, that God delivers. And it's difficult. Listen, it's very difficult when you're in the middle of darkness, in the middle of confusion and situations are going on. Listen, we can be honest. It's difficult to sometimes have peace in those moments. But listen, you can when you do this. When you just trust God that he's going to be the one who comes in and he'll deliver you. And I think it's awesome. And he's laying there just at perfect peace at rest and just, and just relaxing. And he said, get up, man, put your clothes on, put your shoes on. We've got, we got to go. And he gets up and gets dressed and he walks out. Listen, why? Because this is what will happen for us. God will deliver us. He is the one who will come in. And let's pick up verse 12. He says this. It says, so when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary. Remember, just Peter just got out of prison, just got dressed, got his shoes on, got his clothes on, walking out, gone. Angel disappeared. It says, so when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark. And there many were gathered together praying. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a girl named Rhoda came to answer. When she recognized Peter's voice, because of her gladness, she did not open the gate. But she ran in and announced that Peter stood before the gate. Verse 15 says this, But they said to her, You are beside yourself. Yet she kept insisting that it was so. And so they said, It's an angel. Verse 16 says, Now Peter continued knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Last point this morning is this. Listen, don't be surprised when God does his thing. Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised when he comes and when he does, whatever, fill in the blank. Don't be surprised when he comes in and moves. And, and, and this, again, this is tough because we, we get shocked. We heard testimony of someone healed of cancer uh, last week, and it, and it, it shocks us. Because it, it is. It's, it, I mean, it is. It's a miracle. It's, it's, it's a sign of wonder that God does, and he shows us or whatever. But I want us to come to the place to where, listen, we get shocked if we pray and we don't see God move. Come on. I want us to get to the place where it shocks us that if someone comes down, we pray hands, we lay hands on, we pray over them, or we're doing it work or wherever it is, we're, we're asking God to use us, and then we do it, we don't see it happen. I want us to step back and say, well, what's going on right now? Pray again, step in. And listen, don't be surprised because these guys were surprised. You know what they were doing? They were going through a religious religion, and, and it was like Ann said a while ago, when you pray these prayers of faith, and you sometimes just kind of wonder if it's really going to happen. Listen. These guys were praying for Peter to get delivered from prison. That was their prayer. They were sitting there, man. They sit in constant prayer. They're praying, man, God deliver Peter. Come on, God deliver Peter. Listen, we don't want to see him end up like, like James, brother. God, heal, come on, deliver Peter. Set him free. You know what Peter's doing? Out of the gate saying, come on, dude, somebody let me in. Somebody let me in. And you know what they're doing? They're doing this. They're going, well, it, it was a misdiagnosis by the doctor. I just challenged somebody's thinking. It was misdiagnosis. They really didn't see anything on that scan anyway. And, and it really, it was just, listen, God's a healer. God's a deliverer. He's, a, he's, a, he's the one who brings salvation. He rescues us. Let's don't be surprised. Now, listen, I don't want us to ever get to the opposite side to where we just kind of like, oh, no big deal. 
No, we'll do what we're doing now and what we will continue to do. We'll celebrate it. We'll, we'll celebrate it. We'll take moments and we'll take praise breaks and we'll just celebrate what he's doing and, and we'll just ask him to just come and, and keep doing it. But listen, you know what it should do for us when we see those things? It should drive in us a desire. This is what I'm seeing happening in us. It should drive in us a desire to want to see more of it. It should get us to the place where this, where we're not no longer surprised. But we expect and our faith comes to a place. Our faith elevates to a point to where we just say, man, I know there's nothing my God can't do. How would you pray if you believed that way? How, how would you, how, how, who would you minister to if you believed that way? I want the worship team to come around. How would you pray if you believed God could do anything? And you may tell us awesome is, there's people here getting to that place in their life. You know why? Because it's true. There's nothing he can't do. There's nothing he can't do. I want you to stand with me, please. Thank you, Jesus. And I've thrown a lot at you in a short time. I hope you can absorb some of that. I just want you to do this. Just bow your heads for just a moment. Hallelujah. Wow. Please take this away from this message today. Listen. God is fighting for you. And here's the good news. He's already won.